And I'm so excited this morning to be able to come and share the word with you all. And I want you to know how much I love you and how much I love this church. And we're just going to trust that God's going to do big things today. All right, so let's pray. Father God, we just come before you this morning, Lord. And we give you glory, God, and we give you praise. We thank you that you are the ultimate promise keeper, God. And I pray, Father, that you just use me this morning to deliver this message, God that it would give you glory, Father, and I pray that you give everybody the ears to hear it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is called The Pain in the Promise. So we're going to read Exodus 19, 5 through 8. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to God. See, the Lord said, if these contracts God was making with the Israelites were conditional, in order for them to receive the promised land, they had to obey. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy 1, verse 26 through 31. And this is Moses talking to the Israelites. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he, so he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carried his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go? When the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors, except Caleb. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And because of you, the Lord became angry with me and said, you shall not enter it either. God loved the people of Israel. And he had a plan to deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh and give them the promised land. But because of their disobedience, they broke their covenant with God. They broke their promise to God. They wandered for 40 years in the de desert and they never got to see the promised land. We see throughout the entire Bible that God was a God of promises. Promises are important to God and they should be important to us. And being able to keep our promises starts with us. It starts with keeping the promises we make to ourselves. And how do we do that? Well, for a start, it's not by motivation, right? Because motivation only lasts so long. But when we discipline ourselves and we say no matter how we feel, 
we're going to do what we say that we're going to do, then our confidence begins to rise. And we begin to trust ourselves to do the things that we promised ourselves that we're going to do. But we will also begin to follow through with the promises that we make to God and we make to others. As most of you know, Pastor Isaac and I have three awesome little kids, and we are so blessed with Judah, Lily, and Dewey. And we had Judah and Lily pretty close together. They're only like 20 months apart. And we waited six years to have Dewey. And after I had Dewey, you know, I felt pretty complete. I felt like I'm blessed. I have three kids. I've gained 40 pounds three times. I've lost 40 pounds three times. Not an easy thing to do. And I just felt content. So, you know, I asked him this question a couple months. Could you see us having any more kids? And to my surprise, he looked at me and said, I could see us having one more. And I'm not going to lie, instantly my blood pressure went up, my heart started racing, and I'm reminded of this, of this um, joke that I heard. This, this guy, he has four kids, and he said, you want to know what it's like to have four kids? Imagine you're drowning, and they hand you a baby. And when I heard that, I thought, I don't want to drown in kids. I don't know if four kids are for me. But another reason I think Pastor Isaac could have another baby is because he has no idea what it's like to stay up all night with a crying baby. He never did that. That was my job. I nursed the babies. I was the one to stay up all night with them. And my kids were horrible sleepers. Judah was a terrible sleeper. He was up all day. He never napped all day, all night, nursing one to two hours every single night. And it was very difficult. And then Lily came along. And I thought for a moment that she was going to be a good sleeper. By like seven or eight months, it seemed like she was sleeping pretty good. But one day we were outside and I noticed that she had this like huge bruise on her chin. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, where did that come from? Well, that night after I put her to bed, she was crying and I walked in and I walked into her room with her watching her bang her face against her crib. She didn't want to be left alone. And I was freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, she's possessed. Like I need to lay hands on her and, and, and you know, set her free from whatever's going on with her. And even that night, Pastor Isaac, this is a true story, Pastor Isaac duct taped throw pillows around her crib just so she wouldn't draw blood. And she was doing this every night. So I, I went to the pediatrician and I said, what do I do? And he said, you can't leave her alone. She's a harm to herself. Like, you need to make sure that she's okay. So long story short, it literally felt like I didn't sleep for five years. So when we had Dewey, I made a promise to myself. I said, okay, I am going to get this baby to sleep through the, through the night no matter what it takes. And those first couple months are rough. You know, I, I was nursing him, and it didn't seem like he was going to sleep through the night. And so I reached out to my friend, and, and she was also nursing, and her baby was sleeping like 10, 12 hours through the night. And I said, what are you doing? I need to know what you're doing. Please help me because I'm exhausted. I got to get up the next morning, get my kids to school. I've got to sleep. And so she told me what she did, and I downloaded this ebook, And it was all about how to get your baby to soothe themselves. So I'm all excited. I'm pumped. I'm like, yes, this is it. I'm going to have a baby who sleeps through the night. I'm going to do this. But then as I'm reading this book, I realize how difficult it's going to be to actually get this baby to, to soothe himself through the night. There's like eight steps you have to do for 45 minutes, three to four times a night. And it was exhausting. I'm like, this is worse than me just letting him cry it out. Like, I don't know if, I, if I'm up for this. But I did it. I did it. And I stuck with it. And for two months, 
I did it. And the greatest part was I didn't give up. And eventually I had a baby that was sleeping 11 hours through the night and he sleeps every night now. Thank you, Jesus. We all know we need our sleep. <laughs> See, the Israelites gave up. Because they didn't reach the promised land as fast as they thought they were going to, they began to grumble and complain. And that caused them to wander the desert for 40 years and never reach the promise. And unfortunately, we read in Deuteronomy 1 verse 37, this is what Moses is saying to the people. Because of you, the Lord became angry with me also and said, you shall not enter it either. So Moses didn't even get to see the promised land because of the Israelites, because of the people he was surrounded by. And that brings me to my first point, is that promise keepers keep good company. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. I believe one of the most important aspects to us keeping our promises that we make to ourselves is by keeping the right company. Who we hang around and who we let into our circle has a serious effect on us. It affects our self-confidence. It affects our beliefs. It affects how we behave. It affects our eating choices when we go out with friends, right? It affects our relationship with God. It can even affect our discipline or lack thereof. And what is the number one New Year's resolution? Do you know it? Lose weight, right? Everybody wants to lose weight. Everybody wants to get in the gym. And what do we do? Because I've done it a million times. We say, this is the year. I'm going to do it. and I'm going to stick with it. Come mid-February, you really don't want to get out of bed to go to the gym, right? That, that promise that you made, that dream to your, that you made starts to dwindle. But here's the key. You've got to start hanging out with people who are more fit than you, who enjoy fitness, who are gonna encourage you to go to the gym. I love my friend Sherry. She's a greeter here at our church. I know you've met her. You walk in the door, she has a big smile on her face and she has the most amazing biceps you've ever seen. Like you see her and you know that she's into fitness. You know that she loves fitness. And I joined her gym a couple of months ago. And when I go there, just watching her encourages me. It makes me want to be there. Just going out to eat with her and, and seeing her eat healthy, it makes me want to eat healthy. And the truth is, is that if we want to be more positive, we need to start hanging out with positive people. Amen? I read this story about these two monkeys. And one monkey was extremely afraid of snakes, and the other monkey wasn't and they put the two monkeys in a cage together with a snake. And the one monkey that wasn't afraid of snakes all of a sudden started freaking out because the other monkey was freaking out. And what does that tell us? It tells us that our behaviors, our fears, our insecurities are contagious. But so is confidence and courage. We need to ask ourselves, how do we act around the people that are closest to us? Do we drink too much? Do we eat too much? Do we gossip and talk about other people behind their back? If so, a lot of these friends that you might have or I might have or even sometimes family, they're not helping us reach the goals that we have. We want friends that are gonna confront us, who will motivate us to keep our promises. We want friends that aren't promise breakers. We want friends that are promise keepers. These are the ones that we want to influence our life. When I'm struggling with fear and I'm having a weak moment, I don't reach out to the person who's gonna tell me everything I wanna hear, who's gonna add to my anxiety. No, I call the friend who's gonna confront me, 
Who's going to challenge me? Who's going to encourage me not to give up? Proverbs 27:17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I love it when we get together with the elders of our church and we just had dinner with them on Thursday night. And when we get together with them, they never criticize us. They never belittle us. They never tell us the things that we need to do better. No, they love us. They encourage us. They build us up. We leave that dinner feeling like we can do anything that God sets before us. And I encourage you to ask yourself, do your friends motivate and encourage you or do they bring you down and discourage you? And my second point is this, that promise keepers keep dreaming. Isaac's father, Pastor Dewey, wrote a great book called Imagine That. It was about dreaming and imagining yourself living out the destiny that God has for you. Speaking those things that be not as though they are. I believe that imagination has so much to do with being a promise keeper because a lot of times the emotion or excitement we have when we make a promise doesn't always last when we have to deliver on that promise, but our imagination does. Because you can believe and you can imagine yourself doing the things that you say that you're gonna do. Our imagination has so much to do with what we will experience in life. If you don't imagine living a better life, then you won't. If you don't imagine your life changing, then it won't. When I was around 15 years old, I was living with my grandma at the time. And at this time, I was very broken. My mother was in prison and my father was not present. And in my personal life, I just was kind of failing. But my grandma was a woman of God. She loved Jesus with her whole entire heart and she always encouraged and prayed for her grandkids. And my grandma loved to watch TBN, which is Trinity Broadcasting Network. It's a Christian television station. And I would watch the show with her. And her favorite show was the Michael English show. And it was a singer who would interview people. He would interview pastors and leaders and people with amazing testimonies. And I remember watching the show with my grandma one day and she looked at me and she said, Diamond, I could see you giving your testimony on TBN someday. And I remember thinking, how would that ever be possible? How would somebody like me that comes from not much ever make it to be on TV? And I remember sitting there and then I began to kind of imagine what that would be like. What, what would it be like to be able to one day be on TV and, and talking about my testimony? And it's really cool because Isaac's father, Pastor Dewey, had a great opportunity where he was giving interviews in New York for TBN. And they actually started having Isaac do some of the shows. And it was October of 2015, and, and we know the director of the TBN studios. And she went to Isaac and she said, how would you feel about interviewing Diamond on TBN? We're gonna have a live show that's coming up, and I would love for you to interview her. And so it's really cool, we actually have a picture of it but there we are of my husband interviewing me on TBN. And it was such a special moment. And the Lord reminded me that that moment, that time that my grandma said that, that was a vision that God was speaking into my life. It was a vision that my life was gonna change. It was a vision that he was gonna deliver me from the situation I was in. And there's 14 years in between those times. I was 15 when my grandma said that, and I was 29 when Isaac interviewed me. 
but God was faithful and he planted a seed in me that day. He planted a seed that my life was gonna change. And I think of Joseph in the Bible. God gave him a powerful dream when he was a young boy that his brothers and father would bow down before him. His brothers were so jealous of Joseph that they threw him in a pit. And for years, Joseph went through misery and rejection. Even though it didn't seem like his vision would ever come to pass, he held on to that dream God had given him. And sure enough, because he held on to the vision, he eventually ended up sitting on the throne with Pharaoh, and one day his brothers came and bowed down to him just as he saw in his dream. Joseph had to hold on to that vision. He had to hold on to that imagination that was inside of him. The dreams and the vision that God gives you will never die. You might not be ready for them when God gives them to you, when God reveals them to you, but you can trust that God is going to fulfill his promise in you. You don't have to worry about how you're going to get there. You just have to believe that God is going to carry you there. Whatever God has shown you about your future, he's going to make a pathway for you to get there. Do you believe that this morning? Joseph had to experience a pit and still hold on to his promise. See, he didn't have the same feeling he had when he told his brothers this exciting dream that God had given him, a dream that he was going to be the one his brothers were bowing down to. He didn't have the same excitement when his brothers beat him and threw him into a pit. He was down in that pit alone and afraid. He didn't have the same feeling when he first had that promise, but he was able to carry his promise. Even in the pit, he carried his promise. Even in prison, he carried his promise. And that's something that we are going to have to do, is that when that promise starts to wear off and all your New Year's resolutions you made to yourself start to lose their excitement, you're going to the gym and you aren't seeing the results that you thought you were gonna see. You're going to question yourself, is it really worth getting up at 5 a.m. to get here? Or you made this your year that you were going to get out of debt, and you were doing so good, and then all of a sudden your car breaks down and your transmission goes out, and that costs you $2,000, and all the money that you were paying, paying off your debt with now goes to that. You don't feel the same way as you did when you started, that same excitement. But you can still focus on that goal even when you don't see the results. And that's the test of fulfilling your promise. At the end of November, um, Pastor Isaac got the call that Pastor Terry was inviting him to his church to speak the first Sunday of the year. So he was all excited and he came to me, he's like, I'm preaching at Pastor Terry's church the first Sunday of the year. And I was like, awesome, that's gonna be so fun. I'll come with you, it'll be great, you know. And then he looks at me and he goes, well, actually I was gonna see if if you could preach the first Sunday of the year. And instantly I was like, no, I'm not doing that because it's the busiest time of the year and it's Christmas and my kids are out of school and it takes you like two days to prepare. It's gonna take me all month to prepare and you know how I feel with my anxiety and my fear and all of it. And I, and I walked away from that conversation totally shutting him down. And then the Lord dealt with me. He did. He came to me and he said, isn't this one of your goals for 2020? Isn't this one of your dreams to be able to start speaking and, and preaching? And the, the moment that I felt that from the Lord, I said, okay, God, 
I said, I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And so I went to Isaac, and I made him that promise, and I was all excited. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. This will be great. And then we went on vacation. We had an awesome time on vacation, and then we came back. And then all of a sudden, that fear came back in me and the anxiety, and I just started getting really angry with him. Like, he would just walk in the room, and I would be mad at him because I knew what I had to do today. And um, again, the Lord just began to deal with me, and and. You know, because I was even challenging Isaac because actually Pastor Terry, when he came to speak, we went over and had lunch at Tallulah's and he said, no, Diamond's not preaching at your church. You're com- she's coming with you because we're going to give you guys a romantic night away and we've got a hotel room for you, all this stuff. So I thought that was my out. I'm like, perfect. I'm going with you. Pastor Terry says I'm going with you. And Isaac said, no, babe, I still want you to preach. So, so anyways, um, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyways, the Lord dealt with me again and he said diamond you made a promise and if you made a promise i'm going to be with you you're not doing this alone i promise to be with you and and you're going to get through it so the bottom of the line is this is that jesus was the ultimate example of what he had to do to keep his word to keep his promise which brings me to my third point and that is this that promise keepers keep the word and i'm getting ready to close here Luke 9, 21 through 23 says this, Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. The son of man must suffer many terrible things. He said he will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This was a huge promise that Jesus was coming to fulfill. He knew what he was about to face was going to be painful, and it was not going to be easy. He knew how much it was going to hurt to be forsaken by the people that loved him. Not only that, but by his heavenly father. He didn't even want to go through with it, but he knew that on the other side of the pain was the promise of salvation. Salvation that you and I, all of us get to experience. And that is the power of fulfilling a promise. Jesus said in Luke 22, Father, if you are willing Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. He was saying, Lord, I don't want to do this, but this is the promise I made to you and I made to the world. And if it's your will, I'm going to deliver on this promise. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was beaten and whipped and carried his cross to Calvary. He was mocked and even his own disciples turned their backs on him. He was in so much pain and agony, but the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He was able to imagine himself fulfilling his purpose, and that's what was able to get him through the pain. And he died on that cross, and just like he said, he rose again on the third day. 
which means if he fulfilled that promise, he will fulfill whatever promise he has made to you today. That he promises he will never leave you. That he promises he will never forsake you. That he promises he will never abandon you when you've been abandoned by family. When you've been abandoned by people who love you. When people have broke promises to you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And you can rest assured, amen, that Jesus will never break a promise to you. You can look back on his word and see he fulfilled every promise he ever made. And if he kept his promise then, he's going to keep his promise to you today. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Well, if you're here this morning and this message touched you, and you really don't know the promise keeper. And if this message blessed you, I wanna pray for you this morning. So Father God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you, God, that you are an amazing God, that you are the ultimate promise keeper, God. And Father, I lift up anybody in here this morning, Lord. I pray for anybody, maybe there are some people here who've broken promises, God. Maybe they've broken promises to loved ones. Maybe they've broken promises to their kids. And maybe there's guilt and there's shame there, God. Lord, and they, and they have a broken heart because of some things that they've done. I pray today, Lord, that today would be a day of restoration in their life. I pray today that, the, that, the, that all their past would be wiped away, God. That they have a new day today in you. And Father, I pray for anybody else in here, Father God, who has a broken heart, who's been hurt. People have broke your heart. People have made promises to you and they weren't able to keep them. But I want you to know today that there's a promise keeper that loves you and has a plan for you. He wants to give you what nobody else can give you. He wants to give you a life, an abundant life on this earth and in heaven. And if that's you today, I just pray that you put your hand over your heart right now with nobody looking around. And you say, Lord, today's the day that I put my trust in the promise keeper. Today's the day that I start my New Year's resolution with you, Lord. That I'm putting my heart and I'm putting my hand in the promise keeper today. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now that hearts are being mended, broken hearts are being mended, God. You're touching your children's hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you glory for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 <laughs>